Oh my god. Oh Hi geez. guys. Hi everyone. Thanks for waking us up. A lot of people here. Holy cow. Oh man, we have a um, front view audience oh, here. Wow. They're asleep. Hey guys. Guys. Hey Susie. Hey, wait, guys. Wake up. Kick em. It's Kick the podcast. Guys, Kick can em. you help us wake them up? <laughs> Not loud enough at all. Jamie missed oh, his cue. Wait, no, I guess it was. <laughs> so hi, everyone. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> Thank I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school, Mom. Wake up, Emerson. Emerson, your pajamas are so cute. Emerson, Emerson wow. gets the award up here. Check it out. <laughs> Do you really think so, Andrew? Or are you just saying that? I think I saw those. No, I mean it. These are my lucky rocket ship underpants. I'm ready to go tonight. <laughs> I think I saw your 10-year-old brother wearing those back well, in no, your actually, house. He, oh. he claims that he bought them today, but he's been wearing them for years, haven't you, Em? They're so comfortable. You have no idea. Okay. They're a little worn out. Okay, can back, everybody hear us okay? Yeah, they do look like you got them when you were about 12. I'd say. Okay, so how's everyone been enjoy- enjoying Toasty. Prophecy so far? Who's already signed up for Portis? Okay. Oh, that was weak. Come <laughs> is on. Next? Is Portis next? Portis is in Texas Portis. in, in Ooh, 08. Terminus, baby. Terminus. July 08. That's mine. Did anybody bring any cameras? <laughs> oh, my God. There's some cameras. Yeah, thank you. Thank anyway, you. We're still, still getting settled in. Anyway, we wanted to start the show today by talking about prophecy for a little bit because uh, everyone had a lot of time to get around to all the areas that there's here. I sure did. First of all, I want to start off with the Wizard <laughs> Rock concert last Woo! night. Who was there? Oh, yeah. Woo! 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 Where, are, where are our Wizard Rock yeah, friends? Yeah, stand I up. I see Alex. Stand Come on, stand up. Where are you? Alex, Where's Harry the Potter. Yeah, Alex! FightEvilReadBooks.com Round of applause for those guys. I Thank see you, guys. I have to say, uh, the Wizard Rock, everyone has owned the albums and everyone's, you know, listened to them on their MySpaces or stuff like that. But of course, there's, there's just a, such a huge difference when you actually see them perform live. Oh my God. I have to say, they're all, they're all fantastic live. So round of applause for them again. Seriously. Though I gotta say, I think we were ripped off because I came in particular for a particular Wizard Rock That's rapper. Me too. And I don't know what happened to that performance, but I guess they hear the song. <laughs> okay, anyway, I said, uh, real quick, I said on Michael Kessler I was that? gonna do it. Then I, lost the, then I lost the music for the background oh. uh, to perform oh. it. He lost his own music. This, this is the truth. Oh. This is the truth. Oh. So, unless you wanted me to lip sync it live, that wouldn't have been you very could lip fun. Sync Why not, Andrew? Cool. I, I, Go for Wizard it. Wizard Rock. I'm not gonna do it now. <laughs> Forget the lyrics. Do it, do it, do it. See, I would do it if Alex just whipped out his guitar right now and started strumming something, but <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> anyway, he's got nothing. Does anyone know it? Andrew, want it? Does anyone know it? No, does anyone here, honestly, does anyone know it? Andrew, Andrew, you can so do it. So, if I started music. singing it, would people sing along with me? Does anyone know the background? No. This is coming back to bite me in the ass. Okay. No, no, it's not. It's not. All right. All right. All right. On three, we'll just do the one verse. I'm going to be embarrassed. Facebook, okay. MySpace, I'm counting YouTube, on everyone to help me out right now. Okay? We'll set the beat. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. 
One, two, three, four. One, two. Wizard Rock. What's up with that song? Andrew Sims here to share the vlog. Podcast on Sundays late afternoon. It's talking to Harry Potter like a whole at the beer theaters. Pickles, that's it. That's all I'm doing. Hooray. We're going to sell them underground. Okay, so, 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 anybody read a good book lately? I don't read. John doesn't read. Everyone, everyone seems to be pretty happy with Deathly Hollows, but it's funny because when the book first, no, 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 obviously, obviously everyone loves Deathly Hollows, but I have to say, when the book first came out, we were doing a live show right afterwards, and people were, some people were like, ah, ah, Joe forgot to put this in, there was this wrong, there was, uh, Hermione's middle name was wrong in the beginning of the book, is that true, by the way? No, it wasn't, okay, okay. Can you put us, no, let's, okay. We have the inside scoop. She said her name was Jane, Hermione Jane Granger, in a chat like seven years ago. Dude, no, no, no. In a chat long ago, she said it was Hermione Jane Granger. She can change her mind. Her daughter's name is Mackenzie Jean Rowling. Maybe she just changed her mind. She's allowed to do that, by the way. It's her books. Anyway, but then once things started settling in, it was like, okay, so everyone loves the book. Uh, do you want to go... Down the line here, just favorite moments real quick. Well, hold then, on a second here. If there's one thing I like to say, is give it up for Molly Weasley, everybody. <laughs> yeah! All right, Molly. <laughs> so just a question, just a question. How many of you joined that book, that uh, group on Facebook? Wait, hang on. What, Lauren? How many of you? What Facebook was it? What Facebook was it? It's uh, her, her, her very wonderful quote at the end of the book. That, that's the name of the Facebook. I, I group. forget the quote. What was the quote? Don't say the word. <laughs> no, 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 say it. Say it. Why not? I don't know. What is it? Are we allowed to use canon swears? I think we're allowed. Joe said it. Joe said it. One word out of set, like five thousand pages. I think. We're, I, I don't think, think we should have... say it. No, Sue, I think you not should. Not with it. my daughter. You weep. <laughs> Pretty good. I thought you were going to do it. I really did. I did. I was oh. almost, but I beeped. No, I squeed beep myself. It would have been better if you did it. Just I know. Gone for it. Uh, I, oh, I don't want to alarm anybody, but I saw a very disturbing th- uh, thing today. And um, I know there are quite a few of you who paid their Ever tributes. Ever in those pajamas? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And after that. Besides after that. that. <laughs> no. I assure you it's much more disturbing. I know many of you have paid your tributes to the grave of the poor fallen Hedwig. And I heard... What's that? We I, hear a rumor. I heard That's rumors. Right. Oh, there's God. rumors. I heard, I heard rumors about a possible, a possible Hedwig burial today, but... But? But? I don't know how like... many of you have seen a black feathered owl flying around Ooh. the hotel, but it has been, it has been told to us that Hedwig and all of her mice killing has created not one, but two, but 37 horcruxes. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. So Hedwig survives... Hedwig lives, and she has black feathers now, and That's she's right. frightening. Hedwig lives, man. She, she, clearly book, the... she clearly faked her own death, went into hiding to protect Harry. She I did. Mean, yeah. Come on. There's Hedwig such a rebellion not... going on right now. I think Joe and the encyclopedia is going to be like, Hedwig, just kidding. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Hedwig is not Well, dead, she is part baby. Phoenix, I thought. Yeah. Is she? Um, she, you know, J.K. Rowling, Rowling has made it very clear in the past that people cannot come back from the dead. And but she did not specifically well. say owls cannot be resurrected <laughs> right. from the dead. Hedwig lives! That's right! Woo! Well, here's our 
question. Here's here's our question about that. Harry does the whole turn thing on the re- resurrection stone. Where, where did, was Hedwig? Where was Hedwig? <laughs> you know? Why didn't Hedwig come back? Well, my, my only question clearly is... Clearly not dead. Clearly, but there's no body. Just feathers. There's no body. But no body. Are you wearing Hedwig? I, well, maybe. Oh, no. True. You took it too far. So. No, baby. I, oh, my God. It was a joke. <laughs> Joe, It would Joey, be a very Hufflepuff thing to do. It would, because we don't give up animals. No, you just wear them dead around We just pwn them with greenery, man. Hufflepuff yes. just kills them with greenery. Woo! I gotta say, Sue, it was like my favorite part, almost one of my favorite parts of the book. Everybody's sh- shooting, killing curses. Neville's coming out with plants. That's right. Chucking the plants Not across. Neville Longbottom. Neville Longbottom. Long a lot of people using plants. Rock. I think Peeves was using plants, wasn't he? He was. The snorkel up. Peeves was well, throwing he was. stuff down, too. He went, too. All right, all right, can we go down the line? What's Emerson? What oh, was... can we, actually, one thing about Hedwig. Sorry. She, Joe said in the web chat, I thought she put it back best, that it marks the end of Harry's childhood. And I thought I forgave her for the death after I read Wrong. that because no, I agree because yeah. Hedwig has been there here, since here. the beginning of Harry's schooling years at least. So I thought that was sort of a nice thing to mark. Okay, great. Except that yeah. she's not dead. Okay, he's. Oh. She's so dead. basically, you're saying Hedwig was anyway. his was his constant connection to the wizarding world, yeah. and he was when he was by himself in the Dursleys. Who was there but Hedwig? That I was it. I think it, it was so. a pointless death. It was it's pointless. But Andrew's symbolism, but she could have symbolized it in another way, like a snowflake that falls to the ground and cracks. You know, the what? pure white symbolism. <laughs> or what? See, if, all how about, how see, about we, that works? The way I'm thinking of this is that poor, you know, the owl that plays Hedwig in the movies, Ook the owl, is out of a job now. Yeah. And what is this owl going to do with his life after this? He's going to be typecast. He's I never going to be able to get a job again. Everyone's going to say it's, you were from Harry Potter. It's a girl owl, actually. <laughs> How, how about we compromise? We I'm just... sorry. I'm sorry, John. Okay, don't you can read. I, I heard there's a website coming about all this. I don't know if you guys have heard. Hedwig is oh, not dead. Com. Hedwig is not dead. Com. Oh my god. I don't know. Keep an eye on it. Okay, can we move on? Yeah. Um, well, we were going to do favorite moments. Okay. Oh. Real quick. Oh, favorite moments, Emerson. Okay, I thought I'm not going to go with one of the easy scenes here. I'm going to say when creature rallied the house elves. That was so cool. I was, uh, I, I thought that was just, just an absolutely incredible scene. I was so happy to see how Creature, you know, just a little bit of kindness towards him, and he, and he just became the most happy, uh, welcoming house elf ever. But I was a little bit surprised when these house elves that are supposed to be capable of some incredibly powerful magic came out with egg beaters and spatulas. And carving knives. <laughs> What's that all about? No, 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 the, Emerson, are you sure that was your favorite moment? I mean, there wasn't anything else that just made you feel extremely <laughs> no. good. Let's close the curtain for well, 10 minutes, please. Here we go. I, I'm not so good at the Dumbledore voice. Harry, you are the seventh Horcrux. <laughs> eighth. Eighth, whatever he was, okay? <laughs> I'm not right. I was wrong. It's, I was he's, right. He's a Horcrux. I was right? Thank you. Okay. He's not a Horcrux? Tell Joe. Are you people disagreeing with Dumbledore? Because he said you're a Horcrux. Dumbledore's been wrong about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's right, he has. He's what, John? Mad-Eye Moody, Imposter Moody. Okay, but... John, if you're saying you could do Dumbledore's job better, then I'd love to I, hear that. I could. He's, he's a fallible man. You could probably wait, do it wait, better wait, than wait. Michael Gambon. I gotta say, sure. though, oh. if, we look oh. back, if we look back, John has called this about Dumbledore since, like, he's been... He's Where been. He John, I don't know if you guys have noticed. John just, called half the book. I was never feeling the Dumbledore love. When no, he said always, the snake, everything that John was complaining when, about. When, when, yeah. 
When Snape was saying, I can't believe you would keep this boy alive just to kill him. I can't believe you would use me like this. And Dumbledore says, well, well you've seen plenty of people die, Severus. What's the big deal? I, how can you like Dumbledore after that? Oh, my God. It cut right to the heart. Oh, big I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you why, I'll tell you why right now. Here's why you should still like Dumbledore. Of course you should. Voldemort's dead, and Harry is right. not dead. Right. Thus, Dumbledore rocks. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Dumbledore was all one big master plan. He sure. told him the information he had to, and then he yeah. kept the, there you go, the stuff he did need to know from him. All right, I want to hear from Laura. Laura? Laura no, John, Laura, he didn't leave stuff to chance. No, he didn't. What if Harry fought back? Okay, stop, stop fighting, okay, girls. Just, Laura, yeah, it's Laura's turn. Give it up for Molly Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Laura, what was your favorite moment? I would have to say that my favorite moment in the book, Andrew, and I think I know you know what I'm talking about, would be the one, the chapter that evoked such loving support from a certain friend of mine when I was bawling my eyes out and I, someone uh... was laughing. Well, okay. Real quick. Uh, real Andrew, Andrew, real quick, Andrew. let me say, it was me... Me, Jamie, Laura, Kevin, and Eric in this hotel room. And who cried when they read the book? In parts, who cried? Uh, wow, well, that's a lot of people. Okay, uh, okay, Laura. So what would happen is Laura would be sitting there reading the book, and I was. We were sort of reading in the same areas, and then it was dead silent because we were all reading. And then, and then she would just do. Oh my God, Joe! It's such a. And then she would just like. I did not. I never said such a thing. Well, I never did. Did. What are we even talking about? Huh? What scene? It was whenever. Yeah, okay, it was whenever I thought Harry had to die because we found right. out about being the Horcrux. It and was everything. basically for the final thirty yeah. minutes. And of I was her in complete time. hysterics. I was so upset, and I'm sitting there like shaking, and my face is all red. And Andrew just keeps bursting into laughter. I was the delirious. entire time. It was so much reading. I, I was just delirious, but it was very funny because seeing Laura cry and just explode was pretty funny. Anyway, John. Oh, I, don't think, person, I don't think Andrew. I cried once until um, the last me. line of a certain little creature. It was Harry Potter. <laughs> and, then, and then Dobby was free. And then, <laughs> it was so devastating. I think that's the only part of the book I cried at, actually. Actually, me yeah. too. The rest yeah, of the time, yeah. he's running yeah. around with the book in his hands going, I was right. I was right. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> The whole time you were doing a little dance of joy, it was yeah, fun. Yeah, well, I. You were not dancing. You were dancing, dancing to me. You were not. At which? Mr. Blood. Oh, Mr. Blood was kind of cool. Yeah. So were the pickles. The pickles were cool. <laughs> Weren't the pickles cool? <laughs> yeah, I didn't read about too many pickles, but um, I do got to say that if I pick a favorite part and a worst favorite part, my favorite part would have to be. Even though a lot of bad stuff happened, including poor little Hedwig, how awesome was that scene on the brooms with all the Harrys? That was like, when I first read that, I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to see that on the movie. Because how cool yeah, is I that going to be? That's the biggest escape ever. And I like how it was kind of similar to, they better not cut that out. No way. Screw that. They're not going to cut that out. Hedwig I'm having seven Dan Ryclips on one screen. I'll, I'll, how about, how about the part that. where Dan is going to have to look all googly-eyed to Bill Weasley when he's floor? <laughs> How funny is that going to be? How about the part where Harry gets uh, stripped down a little bit? All the, all the, yeah. I have a theory behind this. Well, at least Dan's not going to be shy about that. I have a theory behind this, John. Yeah, he's prepared. Joe went to see Equus. Yes. And she said, she said, she said, Dan. What? Dan? No. 
So Joe, so Joe went home. Joe went home. Jamie, what was your favorite took some part? Notes of this down. Yeah, you don't like this song. <laughs> I'm nice done with this theory. Andrew. I like this Jamie, theory. Jamie, what was? Um, I have a few favorite moments. I love the. I always think that this book was defined by awesomeness because there are so many just cool small things that happen. So I loved it when uh, they went into Grimmauld Place. And that figure of Dumbledore rose up That's from awful. the. Uh, oh my god! From the, it was brilliant though. It was, but I wish she did. She just explained it a bit better. So she said why Snape couldn't get past this because it seemed to me that all he had to say was I didn't kill you, Albus, and then you know, and it would fall down. But yeah. Mikey has a good uh, suggestion on what we could do to this dust figure. Go, on, Mikey. Do you know? Dustbuster? Shout it out, Dustbuster. Yeah, you get out. Dustbusters. <laughs> doing it like that. <laughs> So, yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. I also liked it when the snake was kept close to Voldemort in the... Uh... Sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. okay, when the snake was kept next to Voldemort in its magical uh, enchantment thing. That was awesome. And when the snake came out of Bethilda Bagshot in oh, Goblet Talk. Horrible. But it was, oh, it's <laughs> it was so cool. But that was probably a pretty cool visual. No, it was just so cool because uh, it was a different type of magic than everything we've seen before. This movie's well, going to be rated awesome. R, you guys. I mean, that we mean... have a snake erupting out of a woman. Um, <laughs> rated R? Sue! Oh, I have two really great moments. As much as you might think that I was all about the Hufflepuffs, which I am. I had no idea. I was really happy. One of my favorite moments was the long-awaited Ron Hermione Snow! Sue, Sue. Hey, Sue. Snogging, baby, snog! Can I disagree uh, with you completely? Uh, Can I please? Do you not believe in romance? That's love, finally. Why, Jamie, no, no, no. Why? It was the, I was just saying, it was the worst scene ever, because uh, Harry had... To... Uh, All right, explain, explain, <laughs> Jamie. Jamie, justify yourself. I don't know how all of you define romance, but I don't consider it when there's an evil law that has to be defeated. Harry's thinking, you know, I'm completely confused. I might die tonight, I might not die tonight, and all he can do is watch his best friends make out. I did not consider that romance. <laughs> Fair okay. point. I would probably and I had this, no, no. But that's it, the passion of the moment. But Harry says it. Harry says it. And Harry it was Hermione. There. It was Hermione because Ron Harry's went to the house there. elves and saved them. He saved them. Harry is standing there, tapping his watch, yeah. wondering why his best yeah. friends are doing this He's now. Not. Yes, he is. He says there's a war. He's trying to stop them. He says there's a war going on. Did you? Yeah. Read yeah no, I know he tries to stop them, but I just thought it was unfair on him oh, at that time. It had to be in there somewhere. Oh. Huh? Oh. It had to be in there. Somewhere. Oh. Fair point. Oh, I, I do people are too soft-hearted. You don't want to. I just, just, just want to say that uh, I'm, I'm also with with oh. Sue on that moment between Ron and Hermione being especially oh, no. a special moment. Uh oh. No. And no. I'm not going to say it. There was a word that flitted in my mind for a second. But I am, a, I am a bigger man than that, so I'm going to pass the buck on to Ben, and he's going to tell you what his favorite moment was. Ahead, but it rhymes with... Belirious. It rhymes with... Uh, oh, it rhymes with... Illusional. Illusional, it does. Okay, so, so I got the end wrong. Thank you, little My delirious. Bad. Mr. Shane. Give it up for Molly Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> Is she here or something? I'm so confused. Is she behind the curtain? Uh, but actually... Um, <laughs> <laughs> she missing her cue? I like the part where uh, <laughs> the stuff happened. No, I like the, the, the battle. The yeah! Battle, battle of Hogwarts is awesome. Um, I don't know. Other than that, it was a pretty good book. Oh, yeah. Can I well see the, when out, you're talking well about moms, there's talking about moms. My other favorite moment was the other mom who was equally awesome was Narcissa Malfoy. 
in a totally different way. In a totally different way. Yeah. You know? These books totally written by a mother. Completely. I mean, yeah. her choice, man, she had a choice between her son and the Dark Lord, and she chose her son. Yeah. She's a I'm very saying. interesting character. Unflinching. Lied right to Voldemort's face. Unflinching. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't want to talk about her sometime tonight, because I just want to think about how interesting she is, because Joe said in the chat that she wasn't a Death Theater. Right. Her beliefs apparently were in line with, with Lucius's, but... She wasn't a Death Eater, and I would think that maybe Draco would have inherited his proficiency with occlumency from her, because she's had to do so much, and right. her priority has been Draco and not Voldemort the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. And she's right. been in meetings and everything with Voldemort, too. Right. Very interesting character, nice. I'd say. Melissa, your favorite I, I have about 784 pages of favorite <laughs> moments. You um, have to pick them down. Even Come the on. title page? Yes, it's an awesome page. I agree. Because, you know why? Because Hedwig, the true master Hedwig of death, is there at the end of the book, not the beginning. On the front. Okay, no. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the entire... I have like two that I want. One of my favorite scenes in the entire series is when Ron destroys the Horcrux. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's what? Never mind. You don't remember it, Ben? No. Okay. Ben no. doesn't remember it. Give us a little synopsis. But the other is, oh God, it's such a combination because it comes right before when Harry's being all badass and calls, calls Voldemort Riddle. But yeah. that, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the nothing, nothing, nothing is better than Neville. Yes. Standing, standing in the no man's land. Everybody thinks Harry's dead. They think there's no hope, and yet he shouts Dumbledore's army, and everybody goes for it. It's the scene I've wanted since book five. It's the moment I've wanted since book five. It's huge. It's huge. Neville's... Some people may hate me for saying this, but Neville changed so much in this book, I just sort of assumed he was going to die for it. Because, <laughs> like, like, he's getting all this... He's getting this bigger head, like, sort of like, oh, I no, could finally... Wasn't. Well, no, no. no. He, I don't think no, 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 no. He was getting tougher. He was. he was becoming okay. more of a fighter not and a, a bigger leader. Head. Okay, not a bigger head. What I'm trying to ex- say is that he became more of a leader, and I thought for that he made made him make a mistake of becoming too much of a leader and getting himself in the wrong line of fire. That would send a terrible message. Huh? It's like, don't become too brave, or you're gonna get killed. Okay, no, that's a fair <laughs> point. Fair point. <laughs> I kind of agreed with Andrew. I was of the opinion that Neville was going to bite it in this book, so I was yeah, I was very especially pleased with all those didn't. scars on his face. Yes, <laughs> Professor Longbottom now. Professor Longbottom. Professor Longbottom. Uh, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. What's Andrew? What's your favorite? I have to say, I'm surprised nobody brought this up because this is the one moment like I haven't felt since Order of the Phoenix when I was so angry at Umbridge. It was when um, at the end of the book when Harry keeps addressing Voldemort as Tom. Because that's what Dumbledore would always do, and you just feel like, yes, Harry's so confident that he's going to finally kick Voldemort's butt. And um, so that, that was just my favorite moment. I just loved reading that. <laughs> Harry just addressing him. When they start circling each other. Yeah, oh, man. It's amazing. And I would be excited for it in the movie, but I was so excited for Order of the Phoenix, and then just let me down. But anyway. Or the Phoenix no, let you down? Well, actually, yes. <laughs> Good segue, Andrew. Anyway, who, who's happy with Order of the Phoenix? The movie? Oh, come on. Whoa, oh, whoa, don't set whoa. it up like that. <laughs> Who thought it was crowd. awesome? <laughs> Who thought it was an awesome movie? Okay. 
Can I talk about I'm in that camp? Can I, I talk about one scene which I thought was ridiculous in Order of the Phoenix? Yeah. When um when Harry's having his flashbacks and he's at the train station and Voldemort's standing there in a muggle suit. <laughs> a suit? Yeah. yeah. And everyone Sharp else is just walking past and Voldemort's dream, just standing Amy. there. We have talked no, about no. this time and time I know, again. but it was a ridiculous thing. I just didn't like it. Because it was? It was three. Did everybody see it in IMAX yet? <laughs> Some people about that were just like, eh. Because the the I heard that the I'm not judging it I'm saying the, the effects were weren't all there. Don't shoot the messenger. That's sort of just oh, what I heard. I, I, like they only did the last twenty minutes, and then the effects that were in there were just okay. It might have just been like an afterthought. Like, no, we squeeze more great. money out of this. Yeah. I know in IMAX. I haven't seen it yet. Has anyone up here seen it? Yeah, in yeah, IMAX. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so what do you think of it? It, it, was feels, awesome. it feels like you like you're Everybody do yourself a, a favor and get to see that before that leaves the theater because once it's gone, it's gone. I don't think they're going to be releasing IMAX versions for your DVD players at home. Probably not. No, no, but didn't you see. actually feel, though, when you see all those knives, like when Voldemort was like... All the... That shot... All the of glass? Glass. You actually felt like you understood his power and the force that they were using. I thought that was just amazing. Oh, and the Hall of Prophecy is falling down. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Which... I have to repeat my joke of the tab going solely to Miss Jenny Weasley for she destroying the ministry. entire Hall of Prophecies. Yeah. <laughs> Bombard out, reductive, the whole, whole ministry. How many galleons was that? She was impressive, yeah. Can we talk about one scene, though, that I think the most people that I've talked to, that this is the one scene I've heard talked about most, is, is Snape's worst memory, the pensive scene? Yeah. Where was Lily Potter? Do exactly. we know? Yes. Don't they have that on their face now? Yeah. Seriously. There's a bit Seriously. Of a problem it was the whole there. point of the scene. Yeah. The and whole point of the whole memory. But that's why we have director's cuts and ABC family cuts <laughs> that are 10 <laughs> minutes longer. And they can change that stuff around. But See, I, I think with, with, with the Order of the Phoenix movie, considering that the majority, I would say the ma- either the majority or close to the majority of people in this audience here enjoyed the movie thoroughly, and we are the most ridiculously particular fans that you could so? ever imagine. So just think, if you were a and filmmaker and you were responsible for condensing a 9,000-page book into a two-and-a-half-hour movie and... It's actually a 250,000-page book. Sorry, Melissa, I, I, my bad. Just telling you, it's okay. Now, I think, I think considering what they had to do, I think they did a pretty good job of getting what was important in there. Well, they did an unbelievable job with the script. Well, at least Ron Weasley was Ron Weasley for a change. Yeah. yeah. About time. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I, I get, like... I don't know. I guess we'll just have to look forward to it. I think your, your train of thought just no, left the station it, Actually, it did very much <laughs> I'm so. I'm sorry. Anyway, back to prophecy. Can we talk about prophecy? Yeah, sure. Sure. Because we sort of skipped through it. We did, we did. We went to Wizard Rock. We were like, yeah, we're that's like, Wizard Rock, transition yeah. into <laughs> Wizard Rock, woohoo! <laughs> anyway, something that I thought was really cool at this, at this convention, it's still here, so everyone should really check it out, is the Hall of Reflection. Because it, it's obviously a perfect place to have this because the book is out, the movie's out, so it's sort of, I don't want to say that the hype, well, the hype for the books is over, but, you know, the sort of the Harry Potter fandom, I don't want to say coming in close, how do I put this? The book is out. It died. Jamie just asked if the Hall of Reflections was well, a room full of mirrors. It's not over. Yeah. But what, what I'm trying to say, no, what I'm trying to say is this Hall of Reflection is so cool. For, the, for this convention, given that the book and movie just came out, they have little uh, tributes to each of the characters who have died. They, oh, they have Fred. everyone. And what I love... Has, who, who's been the whole reflection? Show of hands? A lot of people. All right. 
You can leave a note about how Harry Potter has changed your life, which is really nice. Who's cried in the Hall of Reflection? Yeah, see? Uh, one thing that I love is you can leave little gifts for all these characters. And where Snape's is, people left shampoo for him. That's so good. Which, if you've been to the fan art room, apparently in one interpretation, he's got plenty of shampoo. You know exactly what I'm talking about. People have been leaving shampoo for Snape. I just can't... And a rubber duck. And you someone... Know, and someone... Maybe, maybe Snape's problem now is that, you know, he's, he's been getting all, this, all these gifts of shampoo that maybe the reason why his hair looks like it's so really greasy is because all that shampoo in it. Yeah, you know, fair point. Maybe we got to give him another chance. I mean, yeah. we judged him for seven books, and look what happened. Maybe his, maybe his hair is just extra clean. He, he needs conditioner and now silky. to, you know, work on yeah. the sort of texture. His problem is, is that he's so in love with Lily, who's been gone for so long, that he has nobody to dress up for anymore. Yeah. So why bother grooming yourself? <laughs> the love of your life is dead. Who cares, you know? I, well, you know, what I want to talk about with him being dead, who loved that moment when he said, look at me, Harry, and he's yeah. not... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not looking at Harry. Yeah. He's looking in Lily's yeah. eyes. I mean, well, as long as he wasn't going to lean in song. for like a kiss or something. Yeah, oh, I just that thought that was inappropriate. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No. Like, if he hadn't Harry. died, it might have happened. I'm saying. Yeah. You, know? you need to have a little. But all okay. ghosts, you know. I don't think it's fair that all the time Harry always happens to be in the right place at the he right does. time. He throws up an expelling. <laughs> we feel very strongly about ma- this. Manages to get out of there. It's not fair. Voldemort should have won, right, Alex Carpenter? No. <laughs> it is. It is kind of true, though. It is kind of true, though, that pretty much every like two paragraphs, Harry has another near-death experience, and then miraculously. But I understand it's a work of fiction. But you have to admit, Harry is the boy who lucks out. Yeah. <laughs> Harry is the boy who kicked butt. And we we yeah, thank you, Sue. We mention a lot that. Uh, Every single time that Harry faces mortal danger, he'll black out, wake up, and Hermione's there, panting, you know, yeah. with, uh, with her sort of, wow, Harry, that was a close one. And then you wonder where Ron was just then, too. Instead of the boy who looks um, out, more like the boy who has an extremely talented platonic friend. Yeah. <laughs> I like that yeah. catchphrase more, actually. Hey, I mean, it's it's quite good. Hey, Harry and Hermione kissed in this book. Did they? The Horcruxes did. Yeah. What did? The Horcruxes kissed in this book. Did anyone else feel they awful did. for Ron when that happened? Harry and Hermione shared a lovely moment. As evil Horcruxes. As what? As the Horcruxes. Why don't I did you remember yeah, in the Horcruxes. The, lo- the, no, the, the little shadows, right? The locket. Is it the locket? Yeah, did the they locket. really? When they came out of the locket. And Ron, when Ron was being tempted, the, the Horcrux... Yeah, but when Ron the was Horcrux Harry and Hermione kissed. Oh, that wasn't yeah. actually Harry and Hermione, Oh, and they were though. shadow stuff. Yeah. Thank you, ever since. Um, it was okay. the Horcrux. She had no idea. It was a joke, because I'm thoroughly lost. I thought I they were going to so get confused. me the first time, but oh. it didn't quite happen. Okay. Hey, can we get some, some updates on the Quidditch House Cup? How's it, how's it going? Oh, Quidditch Cup. I oh, thought I saw the Slytherin Not everybody wants now. Slytherin's winning. House or Quidditch? House. What about Quidditch? A Slyther- Slytherin won. Hufflepuff is second, but Slytherin won. There better not be some last-minute Gryffindor points coming in here with a little change of decoration. Because just, just enough points by one yeah. to make Gryffindor win. Why I don't want to see Neville Quidditch? getting 10 extra points and pushing us out of the lead again because that would not be cool. 
Why wasn't there a team leaky mug in Quidditch? I mean, we did the water thing last year. Yeah, we should have well, done it. Well, there was no water Quidditch this time around. I don't know how to play any other kind Come of Quidditch. Come on, John. I've been ready to go. We could have done it, I guess. He did ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> We won last time. We proved our point. Let's just move on now. We don't need oh, to. Yeah, it's no. a combination of luck. I wanted people won. to boo me. We like Harry Potter. <laughs> you guys having a good time at Prophecy? I just want to know. Yeah. One more thing about the uh, Hall of Reflection. At, at Dobby's little little area, somebody left him some freshly oh. knit clothing. I was like, oh, that's very nice. What is that? A sock or a hat? I can't remember so what it was horrible. exactly. That was a sock. Oh. That was very nice. That was one of the saddest things was when somebody put socks on Dobby's feet before they put him in the... Aww. It was terrible. It was terrible. That, that was the one scene that almost brought me to tears because like the way Joe described it, his little body, Harry carried his I little... Oh, my gosh. You know, what was, was so most... awesome that he dug the grave himself. I know, and I yeah. love that without magic. But we got, like, <laughs> that's brilliant. Seriously. <laughs> That was a beautiful tribute to him, though. I just okay. Uh, at one of our, at one of the live shows that we did a couple of days ago, they had one of those life size Dobbies. Oh, uh, it's very cool. This thing. And, it out dollars. and Jamie suggested that someone put a knife through it. Just awful. Was this uh, was this before or after someone suggested that we strap it to the roof of our car? Yeah. Can you imagine wheeling down the highway with little Dobby shame? up there with his was arms extended? How sad would Aww. that be? We'd have we'd have the, we'd have we'd have like a hundred state troopers following Aww. us for like child abuse or something. I don't know. I think we need a quick straw poll. Do we leave or do we get rid of the Dobby is free at the end of Pottercast? M. Do we keep it? Do we keep the Dobby is free at the end of Pottercast? Oh, yes, we do. Okay. Dobby's moved on. Emerson, you, men- you, um, you, mentioned the- you mentioned the car and putting Dobby on top. We should, uh, we should talk about our tour a bit. A bit. <laughs> we've all, we've all been on bit. tour almost the whole yeah. summer. Yeah. You know? Please uh, talk about it a bit. I have a story I wanted to tell, actually, about the tour. Okay, we'll tell. Okay. Crazy tour story? Okay, okay. So we've been driving a lot, and it was, getting ve- it was getting tiring, boring. We were arguing the entire time about everything, weren't we? Doesn't sound familiar so at finally, all. No, yeah. So <laughs> finally, uh, Brandon, who is with Remus Lupins, he decided, he decided he would ride with us. So we were cruising down the highway. I was driving. Brandon was in the passenger seat. Behind you was Jamie, and back into the ride was Andrew. Okay, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're extremely bored. We're passing through this construction area, and there happen to be these cones on the side of the road. Now, these are not normal cones, Ben, are they? Well, they're kind of like hardened plastic. Concrete cones, Start yeah. Straight up. They don't move. Yeah, so they anyways, don't move. So anyways, I'm driving along, and I say, you know, guys, we never do anything fun. How about I just, you know, just give one of these cones a little bit of a love tap? And Andrew's like, yeah, a love tap would be fine. I was like, Brandon, Brandon's older than me. I said, Brandon, you're 22. I'm going to trust you. To, I'm going to trust your opinion. Should I do this. this? Should I do this? And he says, I'd be disappointed if you didn't do it. <laughs> and so, of course, in our 2007 Lincoln Navigator special edition, limited edition, Whoa. whatever it was, our rental car, I, right. I go over the yellow line. And I strike a cone, and we pop up into the air. And we're all like, "Whoa!" And, then, and yeah, and so, so I'm like, "Brandon, Brandon, lean out the window. Did it do any damage?" And so he rolls out the window. He leans out there. You know, we're going like 70 miles an hour. He leans out there. and He's like, "Oh, you're fine. You're cool, dude." 
And so we finally get there. We get out, and the fog lights popped out, and it's all scratched <laughs> down the front. But we bought, the best, we bought the special insurance, though, so it's all good. And this is why we did not go on tour with MuggleCast. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. Yikes! I know this is extremely off-topic. Huh? I know well, this is extremely off-topic, but real quick... If you get this special insurance from Hertz... What are we if, talking about? If you, I'm just saying. It's off topic. If, if you get this special insurance from Hertz, if you die, it's covered. They pay you They back. pay you. They yeah. pay out like $200,000. So. so we were trying to figure out who to kill off. Yeah. So we were plotting. We wanted Melissa, a quick... Melissa, this is why I don't tour with Muggle Cat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Laura, you're invited see, on the next Pottercast The way tour. we see it is, life's an adventure. What's it that? is an adventure. That's exactly what it is. It's but I'd like to point out that I no, wasn't no, what, approval I mean, of Ben's uh, of Ben's hitting the thing. I didn't want him to hit it, but so I displayed silent disapproval. I didn't say a thing, and Ben yeah. took that as my approval, so he did it. Not that you know, <laughs> silence is compliance. <laughs> no, but after spending the summer doing what we've all been doing, we we just have to give it up to the Wizard Rock boys who do this all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Good lord. Alex Carpenter for president. Yeah. Alex, Alex stunned me when he said yeah. he's actually on tour through the end of this month. Well, so are the Potters. It's, and, um, and Potters and Rock and Willows yeah, and, and so are the Malfoys. It's, 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 uh, yes. it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. So, so much better spirits they had after a month than we did after two days. Yeah. <laughs> John, <laughs> John that? narrowly escaped my my death ray every day. What happened? <laughs> I would love to have been there for that. Seriously. You, know, you really do anything to be there for that. You really that. wouldn't have. Any stories you can tell us? None that we can tell here. None, none, none. No, oh. none. There's a few incidents oh. with squirt guns. Hey, squirt hey yeah. Right. You dirty, dirty right. people. Oh, my God. We're the family podcast. See, now we've got some fresh fan fiction topics to go over. Okay. okay. Anyway, let's get through some Harry Potter stuff. Uh, Talk yeah. about the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Speak. Speak. Speaking of Wizard Rock, we have a, we have a special treat. Our friend. All right. So her. You want to talk more about car insurance? I hear you can save a lot of money with Geico. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, our very special friend Joe DeGeorge, who's otherwise known as Woo! Harry Potter Year Four. Woo. What's the joke behind that? We're not in on this joke. Has written his very first fan fiction. Yeah! Woo! The very special preview. Here you go. Thank you. Um, th- <laughs> thanks, Leaky Mug, for giving me this opportunity for my authorial debut. Um, this, is, uh, this is the first chapter of uh, an upcoming series I have. Um, the, the first chapter is called The Luck of a Half Giant. Okay. Albus Severus Potter looked at his watch. Five of four, it whispered to him. It was a magic watch. His father had given it to him right before he left for Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. He took up his rucksack and exited the warmth of the Gryffindor common room, passed a portrait of a fat lady, and breathed in the cold, stony castle air. He was headed to Hagrid's hut on the outskirts of the Forbidden Forest, Albus Severus had gone there once a week since he started school. The November air punched Albus in the face as the castle door swung shut behind him. Within moments, he was knocking on the groundskeeper's door. Good afternoon, Hagrid, shouted Albus a little louder than he wanted to. 
Being such a sensitive creature, the chill of the outdoors threw off his sense of volume. Watch her, LB, Hagrid hushly exclaimed. The hippodactyls are breastfeeding. <laughs> Albus's smile turned to a grimace as he thought about hippodactyls suckling from his own chest. Weird, he muttered. Albus entered the hut. Bottles of potions and half potions littered the table. The snorks and crumplies from the hippodactyls were bouncing off the walls of the hut like the cooing of lovers. They, re they really are extraordinary creatures, thought Albus. Their long, slender bodies seemed to melt off their mammalian wings. The baby hippodactyls had eyes much too large for their bodies, but that did not seem to impede their weirdo movements in the slightest. As Albus scanned the room, he did not see any hint of the tea time he was expecting. He loved tea, especially Hagrid's tea. It reminded him of home. <laughs> Hagrid seemed to read Albus's face. Goodness, I have forgotten to put on the tea. Sorry there, Albus. I don't know what sort of host I am inviting you over here and forgetting you were even coming over, and I guess I'm just a mumble. Hagrid became a mumble-flustered mess and ducked into the kitchen. Over the clang of kettles and gushing water, Albus heard Hagrid shout from the other room, So how's the school going? I hope that new Professor Snowbeam isn't giving you any trouble. You mean her heart of ice? Albus said coolly. Well, that would be it. The two stared at each other silently for several moments. The sound seemed to disappear from the world as if they had entered a vacuum. The magical whistle of a tea kettle interrupted the icy silence. Hagrid poured Albus a cup of tea. Albus could not tell if Hagrid was frowning under his beard. I know these first couple months of school must be hard for you. I know your dad cast quite the shadow for you to live up to. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, he pretty much saved the world for wizards and muggles and everything else, including half-giants. I didn't mean really tell me about it. And your brother, too. He must be hard to follow. Quite a talented wizard, and quite a witch killer, if you know what I'm saying. I, I know what you're saying, and it's making me uncomfortable. Hagrid blushed and picked up a baby hippodactyl. You all right today, Albie? Yeah, Hagrid could tell that Albus didn't quite mean it, though. Well... I guess it won't help me for me to tell you that I'm leaving. What, Hagrid? I'm going on a leave of absence from school for our ap academic purposes. Take a look at this here letter. Hagrid produced a rather worn pizza piece of parchment from his robes. Rubius Hagrid, we are pleased to award you the magical monstrosity grant for your proposal concerning low-gravity hippodactyl research. Please report to Massa headquarters on December 1st. And closed our further directions and recommendations for your journey. Sincerely, George N. Awesometon, Director of Research. What is MASA? asked Albus. It's uh, the Magical Aviation and Space Administration. Never heard of it? Don't blame her. I think it's new. What sort of journey are you going on? Albus shivered as he spoke. His only friend at school was about to leave. I'm going to the moon, Albus. I'm going to see how well hippodactyls are for a low-gravity climate. The funny thing is, I don't even remember applying for a grant. But it sounds like a perfect opportunity, don't you think?
You are really going to the moon? I didn't think wizards went there. Ah, Elvis, you are forgetting. I am not a wizard. I'm a half-giant. Um, you see, for a long time, people have expected that hippodactyls originated on the moon. I mean, just look at the way their torsos droop. Albus looked over at the breastfeeding creatures and was reminded of a melting hunk of bacon. <laughs> Do you know when you will be back? Albus needed Hagrid to be his friend, to be there for him. He wished he had been less standoffish when he had entered the hut. Who knows? I don't expect it will be more than a few weeks. I just needed to run a few tests, then I'll be back. A wave of release flew through Albus Severus. Oh, good. Here, Hagrid rustled through his robes and produced an ellipsoid. What else does he keep in there, thought Albus. I want to give this to you. Its name is Fredwig. Ask your dad about it. I hope it might come in handy for you. Um, thanks. Albus fumbled the strange ellipsoid in his hand and felt it shake. Anyway, I have to get back to packing. I leave for London tomorrow. But we haven't even sat down for tea, Albus exclaimed. Here, I'll make it to go. No! But it was too late. As Hagrid waved his magic umbrella, the cup of tea shattered and fell to the floor as the tea evaporated into thin air. Oh, dear, mumbled Hagrid. Thank you. Jonah George's authorial debut. <laughs> Harry and the Potters, what will happen in Harry Potter 8? Who lives, who dies, who falls in love, and Probably what the Avenger. heck is Hagrid doing these days? <laughs> yeah, seriously. He had anyway, at, okay, so now... Yeah, gonna... oh, I just want to say, uh, Joe had me at Hippodactyl. <laughs> he did. Um, anyway. Where was Wandicorn? I loved it. I know. Wandicorn! I'm doing some secret time traveling business. Yeah. Oh. I think. Well, okay. So go what on. we're gonna do now is we have a mic in the center Woo! of the audience right there. Yeah. Uh, we want people, not everyone at once, please. We want people to start lining up. If you have a question about Deathly Hollows, if you have a question about uh, Order of the Phoenix, if you have a question about uh, profit or like a general comment, anything here, something about the fan talk. Let's anything. do the Harry Potter talk. Okay. Uh, first one. Oh yeah. my God! It's Francis. <laughs> this is our friend Francis, everybody. Hold on a second. She has a question. This is our very special friend, Francis. Francis! 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 Hi, Francis. Hi, everybody. I'm Francis. I like everybody. I love Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. But my question is very serious and very important about Harry and the Potters. Um, oh, wait, no, that's a band. My mistake. <laughs> Um, my question is about Hedwig. You know, they said she died, but I really don't think she did. What do you think about it? I don't think she died. What, what's your thought? My thought? Well, my thought is that Joe said she's dead and that she lives. And, and, all right, all right. We're not going to go through this again. We did this with Dumbledore. Dumbledore is not dead.com. Yeah. Then Joe had to say, she pointed, I know it's a joke. I know it's a joke. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. Hedwig lives. <laughs> okay. She seems very upset by this. Uh, yeah. Hedwig is actually floating in the waterfall in the hotel lobby. Dead. She is, she's dead. She's <laughs> swimming. She likes to swim face down. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair point. Oh, John, fair point, John. John. 
She does! And not move for a while. No, no, she will be coming back because she has 37 horcruxes from all of the mice that she has killed. She'll be okay, back. Thank you, Francis. John, 37 horcruxes is a bit okay, overkill. Say After 35, you're, from, you're just playing around. She needs the 37th magic number. All right, thanks for showing us how thanks, it's done, Francis. Francis. Hi, I'm Jessica from Florida. Um, my question is uh, something to do with the Department of Mysteries, which didn't turn up a lot, and I was hoping it was would be solved in book seven, but it wasn't. Um, my question is about prophecies, and the only thing we ever see is Harry, and I was wondering if Harry, like, if Dumbledore would have to go to an unspeakable and say this prophecy was made, because there's so many prophecies there, or if there's some sort of all-knowing, like, I don't know, like a writing I don't, that knows when a prophecy is made, like how all of those orbs get there. Like, someone have to report it or... Like, like if a prophecy is made and nobody hears it, does it make a... Does it go on the shelf? Yeah. You know? No it falls in the woods. Exactly. So yeah. It. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, I'd say that... Didn't they say that the only people who can read a prophecy or hear a prophecy are the people... No, they're asking if the prophecy gets to the Hall of Prophecy yeah. automatically. I always thought that... I don't know. It's similar to the how... Some kids' names end up in that big old book in Hogwarts when they're magical and they're to be called in 11 years to come to school. It's just there's some sort yeah. of enchantment that kind of knows when things are happening. Maybe it can sense when there's a prophecy well, and just a, a like orb when is created. They can tell that there's underage magic. I mean, well, that's the trace. Yeah, it though. just happens. That's a specific spell. It's like this yeah, underground that's magic that's always working. You just don't know how it works. Sure. Like you said with the Hogwarts letters. It like, goes with the whole, like, their whole theory of magic. And Joe's, Joe's magic theory was never really fully explained in the books. But you get the idea that it's this, this force that... Hasn't she said on her website, though, about the magical theory that it's sort of just... It's just there. It just happens it just, automatically. It just happens. I think yeah. it just happens. Can yeah. we still have them anymore Whatever. since oh. Ginny blew up the ministry, though, anymore? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Where did she go? Every prophecy ever. Where did the girl who asked the question go? Did she already sit down? Yeah, I think so. I did have to shout out to my fellow Floridian. Anybody else down here from Florida or up here from Florida? How excited are all of us Floridians for the big Harry Potter park at Universal? And everybody else probably kind of excited about that, too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there was a Harry Potter convention Only down there in Orlando. Wasn't the there? first ever Harry Potter conference oh. was in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. And now we're going to go back to it in 2010. Almost, almost nine years exactly. Is anyone wow. from England here, by the way? <laughs> Chip, Chip. Andy, Andy is. It's Andy's birthday. Andy, Andy from it's his birthday right now. We're happy all very happy. birthday! Yay. Yay. Yay, Andy. He's from London, so there you go. Chip, chip. Hey. All right, who's next? next? Question about? Okay, thank you. Kind of no, I was just wondering if anyone came from that, to be honest. Hi. Oh. Hello. Hi. Sorry. Hi. I'm Patricia from Vestal, New York, and I wanted to talk about Dumbledore, because, John, you were talking about um, that you think Dumbledore was not very nice, and I disagree, because I'm going to, I mean, he was talking to Snape. And if he was doting on how great Harry is, Snape's sneer would split his face in two. So I believe, I choose to believe how Dumbledore spoke to Harry in book five, that he, he did care too much and he's become so fond of him that it's getting harder and harder to do what he needs to do. And I think he realized later that he really can't tell him because it's his secret hope that Harry will go willingly and, and maybe he can survive because of the blood thing. And so I choose to... I agree to, completely. Uh, 
I mean, I don't think we'd be mad at Dumbledore. I mean, of course he had a very, very sticky past. I mean, with what went on with his sister. But after what happened to him, after those three muggles tortured his sister and did that atrocity, the fact that I think he was able to, at one point in his life, turn it around and actually go the other way and be campaigning for muggle protection goes to further show that how good of a person he really is. Exactly, and th- throughout his life, he never once mentions to Harry his situation, his bad upbringing, the way that uh, his, his sister died, his mother died. He's just Harry, 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 and I think that's a very selfless man. I love Dumbledore. <laughs> I just love that we found out how imperfect he was because, you know, throughout the whole series, we've seen this vision of Dumbledore as being almost like a godly being, and then we find out how many flaws he really has and how messed up his life really was. And that just made him a more human, more lovable character for me. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I agree. There was a point while I was reading all that Dumbledore backstory where I was just like, I was unsure about Dumbledore. I was like, no way. I can't, I can't hate him. The, the, the fact is, though, in a war like that, unfortunately, you need somebody like that. You need somebody who looks at the picture and says, okay, these are the horrible choices, but they have to be made and it has to be done. And some, Absolutely. It does have to grow up I like don't that. fault them for having to do that because if anybody, I mean, you need, a, you need somebody like that. I'm just, all I was saying is that everybody who thought that he was just, you know, this godly, loving, grandfatherly, like, person, is just pushing it a, a, a little bit too far because, you know, Dumbledore's got a, so like, like you said, he's got to talk to Snape like he's talking to Snape. What, what would Snape want to hear? He told him exactly what Snape would want to hear. Yeah. That's all. Okay, next. Uh... Hi, I'm Melanie from Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Great city you have here. And I was wondering what you guys thought could have been the sole cause for Fred's death, because we don't really know a lot about it, except for that the rocks kind of oh, fell. <laughs> yeah, but who do you think made the rocks fall? I mean... Do you think there's but, a specific Death Eater behind it all? Considering that it was Fred, uh, and we don't know a lot of the details of it, I'm pretty sure that it was pretty funny. However, yeah. it happened. <laughs> Aw. There, there are too many Weasleys. Come on, anyways. that's how he would have wanted what to if- go. You know he would. Don't you dare boo me. This is Fred Weasley we're talking about. <laughs> I thought, we're going back here an hour here, okay? When you asked one of my favorite moments, I thought you could say there's nothing funny at all about someone's ear getting cut off. However... Well, However, it was done by snakes, I think so. after after that happened, and Fred and George were making all these puns, like saying, you know, ear ear, and your holiness. That just I, I thought that was one of the best moments of the entire yeah. book because they could take something like that, something so serious that people would just completely let control their lives, and they're making jokes about it. I think that's why Fred and George are awesome. Good point, Emerson. Good point. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Kaylee from California. I... Okay, um, I have two things, but one small. One, since Harry technically died, does Jamie have to eat those sausages? Because I want to see that video. No, I don't. Because... <laughs> justify it, Jamie. No, it's not justified, because I don't think Harry died at all. Uh, here we go, all right. He, he was in limbo, no, so uh-huh. he didn't die. He I, didn't I, die. Agree. I actually completely agree. I've been saying, I, I just think, Harry didn't die in that book. J.K. Rowling, I think, also, she was very clear in the interview. She said that he was in between living yeah. and dying. He was in limbo. He was at the train station for a reason. Plus, it was symbolic of Harry needing to choose now. which train to get on. Does he choose death, or does he choose life? He chose life. And it's, it's also important to remember that Joe's made it very clear that when you die, you don't come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's very, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of confusing. As I was just asking Steve Vanderark about this. I'm sure you guys have been to his presentations. 
our fellow Canem Conundrumer. But if, if you know, if Dumbledore says, you know, no, you're not dead, then, you know, I, I don't quite understand that whole thing. I have to read that like four more times. I've read it like three times already, but how can you not be dead but still have you know the option to go on the train or whatever and that makes you dead well it, and for it's that very, matter well, no, what was going on with Voldemort the whole how, time and what no, would happen no, if he no, no, picked no, no, no. the train here's how you're not dead Joe has made it very clear that if you die in the wizarding world you don't come back well, I know Harry I just want to know what she wrote I know her die. rules but I know what I'm just saying if you want any other explanation of what Joe thinks about it he didn't die well Joe, Joe just know? can't you know write anything oh, she wants and have it not make sense he does bring up a fair point though that Harry can choose to die at that point if he wants to go on to the you know the point is though didn't choose. Yeah. Therefore, he didn't die. Well, perhaps he but, couldn't choose. You know, his option was already laid out before him. Okay, because there's a lot of people online, and I think everybody's there's in pretty choices, much agreement. So can we move on? one of the hugest questions. Thank you. Next. Hi, my name is Ari. I'm from Syracuse, New York. Woo! And my... Yes, woo. Yes. Um, <laughs> woo. <laughs> I love Syracuse, New York. Woo. Yeah. Yes. Um, my question's about um, book seven in connection to book four. Um... They say in book seven that Harry's invisibility cloak is a deathly hollow and it's impenetrable, but in book four, Barney Crouch Jr. can see right through it. Why? I call Redicon. No, but it's not. See, okay, this is the thing about the deathly hollows. They, they are, their unbeatable power is a myth. The wand's not unbeatable. The cloak doesn't shield you from death. The resurrection stone brings, both, brings forth vapors of people, not real people. It's they're not. It's just this myth that that has been built up around them. Yes, they Moody's still have great qualities, but they don't. Right. They're not as. They're not all the cracked they're up. They're very powerful, right. but they're not right. all. Well, that. Joe answered a question about this, and it wasn't specifically Madame Moody, but it was something like, like how did they know Harry was there? And she said, "Well, Dumbledore used the you know what was it the hominem revelius, yeah, whatever it was, and Hominem, that was how." Hominem and that was how Dumbledore knew it. And so, no, they're talking about the magical eye. I not know about the magic eye and all that stuff, but I, I don't know. I, well, perhaps the magical eye is endowed with a different power, which just happens to allow it to see well, through it. Because yeah, it, not to mention. It's yeah, to shield you from death, this cloak, not yeah. from Mad-Eye Mooding. And I mean, the <laughs> eye is a little Mad-Eye bit more Moody. of a recent invention than the cloak, Thank too. you. Yeah. I mean, the eye could have been given some sort of power. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hannah. Um, I just had a question about the movie. Um, in the battle between um, Voldemort and Dumbledore at the end, they seem to be using the elements because first Voldemort uses fire, then Dumbledore parries with water, then Voldemort sends glass, which commonly represents air, and then Dumbledore turns the glass to dust. And at that, that moment, there's a shot of Voldemort's face and he says Earth really quietly, and he seems surprised. And I was just wondering if you had any reactions or comments to why they use that force or that kind of way for using the battle. I was wondering I, when I Captain just, Planet was going to come I out. I was yeah. just going to say that. You know, where's a little kid that come out with the heart at the end? It was that yeah, Harry, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Harry was the heart. The little guy from wherever. That he's was from. a useless power in the program. The no, he would talk to animals. No, no, he always came and saved the day at the end because he had the power of heart, didn't he? Yes. Jamie, are you going to make another Pokemon parallel now? Can oh. I make a Pokemon parallel? I think the reason. Yeah. Mind. I think the reason that they had all the elements of the Earth was because um, it was just to show that Voldemort and Dumbledore are on a whole different level, and that no. they're, they're beyond the common magic and are using things that 
are beyond our comprehension. Although Snape is very close to them in terms of power. Yeah, they're not, they're not shooting jelly legs, jinxes, and stuff at each other. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's different because it's different how they did it from the books. They do lots of things differently because they look cooler in the films. And that's exactly why you right. see everybody floating cool. on smoke and sand and stuff yeah. instead of apparating. Because how easy is it to show just popping out of nowhere on, on film? It looks cheap. It looks cheesy. So they turned into smoke monsters. And, right. and that's going to be a big issue when Deathly Hollows comes and they make, oh my gosh, Voldemort can fly on smoke. <laughs> Well, they all flew in smoke in order to Phoenix. So what's the big deal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That's what it was like. <laughs> Hi. Okay, My name is Lucy. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. Yeah, we're crowded. Um, first, I'm Yeah, where? Oh, Freehold. Freehold, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Harry the Potter's are very happy about Yeah, that. no, I know why. <laughs> oh, um, first, I'd like to say props to everyone that made a t-shirt, because y'all rock and deserve credit. Um, and now... What? Thank you. Did what? What? Everyone who made a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. There's a lot, yeah. I see a lot of uh, Oh, yeah, like, there's a lot of t-shirts. Shirts. You guys are pretty great. Yeah. So, they're cool. Um, and my question is sort of just like a general opinion about um, using Godric's sword not as a horcrux but as a weapon for destroying horcruxes and sort of like the connection to the Arthurian legend that comes Big with time. Ron using the sword and like get, being and able like, to get the sword and just like sort of general opinion on all of that um, sort of like because cool Ron twist. rocks like yeah didn't Ron almost stab Harry instead by accident no he didn't that's the whole point Harry he, thought he, did it cross his mind? No. Harry thought he might have, but Not even a little for a second? The whole point was that he didn't. Yeah. There, there was an awful lot of mythology in this book, I thought, so oh. much more overtly than before. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I don't know what puts the sword on the same part as a basilisk thing. Okay, hi. I'm Carolyn from Minnesota. And my question is about the end of the story with when Harry thought he was going to have to have Voldemort kill him. And it seemed really kind of confusing. It was like he was saying to Neville, you know, go after the snake. And, but he didn't say anything about Voldemort. And it seemed like he thought that Voldemort was just going to be gone, like even though the, his last Horcrux was still around. So it was really confusing for me and how Voldemort was also in the limbo area with him, even though Nagini was still around. We, so uh, the question was Voldemort in limbo. I don't think it's actually Voldemort. I I always thought um, it is, the it's baby. The piece of soul. Well, yeah, right. the baby uh, when it's not deformed represents a pure piece of soul. But because he split it, it's a deformed, you know, crying baby that's wailing. And Dumbledore needs to be there to tell Harry not to try and help it. So he needs Dumbledore's help there, and you, you know, to say this cannot be saved. I know. Y- you want to fight for someone else's soul because it's another human being, Voldemort, but this person cannot be saved unless you have to go back and leave it to continue its onward journey into the next world. Yeah. I couldn't figure Basically. that darn baby out. And when Dumbledore says you can't do anything, does that mean, like, if he, even if he tried, it would have no effect? Yeah, 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 yeah he can't do it. It's, it can't yeah. do Because when Harry says, I see what you become, he's referring to that little yeah. ugly-looking baby. So yeah. at that point, is that just a vision of Dumbledore? Or not Dumbledore, of Voldemort becoming that, or did he actually already become that? 
He well, says, I'll see what you become. Meaning yeah. that when, whatever, that little piece of Voldemort already became that. Because yeah. it was right. killed. I'd really when, like, when Voldemort yeah. dies, the rest of him will become. I would really like to know now what Dumbledore meant when he said that there are things worse than death. That. that. What? That to be a baby deformed. That, that disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> to be an ugly yeah. sunburned baby. To be a de- deformed naked child. That's quite a specific thing, though. He must yeah. have. Well, I mean, I think it really, like, we finally learn about Joe's belief in the afterlife. Yeah, that's true. For real. Yeah. Three Hi. more people. I'm sorry, but three more people, and then we got to cut it off for tonight. Okay. Sorry. Oh, sorry. The cool thing about Linkin Bugs is that they're a combination of two pretty cool podcasts that take fan questions every week. So we're not really talking about a whole too much in depth through your questions right now, but we will every week after this. Leaky mug. So be, no, be not, no worries there. No, wait, wait, don't wait. Did we just promise a, a weekly leaky mug? No, no, no. I'm saying both our shows. <laughs> yeah, both our shows. We'll be, be addressing all of this stuff. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so next question. Um, hi, I'm Allie from North Carolina. Oh, okay. I love I the pause. <laughs> I didn't know if there was going to be Allie from North Carolina. <laughs> okay. Um, I had a. I guess it really isn't a question. It's more of a little rant. I still don't see how Harry is a Horcrux because how could Voldemort's soul um, survive in Harry, which is so full of love, and he couldn't stand to be inside of Harry in Book Five because of that love. So how could that soul survive? For what was it, sixteen years? Yeah, I felt exactly. like okay, that for a okay. Long time, Joe's explanation but, oh for this has been, well, in my mind, through Dumbledore. When Dumbledore said that Voldemort is very detached from his soul, and the fact that he doesn't feel his soul would not make Harry's love kill that piece of the object. So you know, though, Melissa brought sorry. up something interesting today. I think it was you, Melissa, mentioning that Hermione said that humans are the exact opposite the of Horcruxes. Opposite of Horcrux. So and I thought was, that was yeah. slightly interesting. It's just—it's a very fishy stuff. And you know, props to you guys for calling it and all that stuff. But we have so many—you know—a human's opposite of a Horcrux. A Horcrux, you know, the soul jumped off and latched onto the only other living soul in the room. You know, all of this unintentional nonsense. That's like, oh, if, if Voldemort never made another single Horcrux in his entire life and the same thing happened again and the piece fell into Harry, would we still call it a Horcrux or we just call it some freaky thing that happened to Voldemort's soul? Yeah, and it's just have... so different than a cup and everything else. It'd be a living person, well, the, the a Horcrux, soul, the opposite of a Horcrux. The Horcrux is the item. It's not the soul. The Horcrux is, is, is the cup, is the whatever. So, right, he was a Horcrux, but I think it's what we just called him because... It had never happened before, so what's the easiest way to call it? It's a Horcrux. You know what I mean? They well, also make like a point of saying that humans... Until we know the formal definition are they of have, a Horcrux. No, no, the I mean, he had this no, whole Hermione, black, that, hello, ugly book. Hermione says it in the book. The item is the Horcrux, yeah. and humans are the are opposites. But uh, I'm not arguing Harry was a Horcrux in this book, but I, like, I, thought, I, I felt like that for a long time. How could, how could a piece of Voldemort's soul possibly live in Harry? But the whole idea was that Vol- the piece of soul that was connected to Voldemort's consciousness was what couldn't deal with the Levin Harry, not the little piece of soul. Go ahead. So what? <laughs> Harry Crux. Harry Crux, okay. He's an anonymous. Hi, I'm Hillary from Albany, New York. And... Um, <laughs> <Get Albany>! <laughs> <laughs> um, my question is kind of a short one. I was just wondering what you thought. Um, you know, at the end of the book, they're all putting up protections and everything around Hogwarts so Voldemort can't get in, and um, McGonagall's like summoning all the like the Knights um, of Hogwarts. Yeah, and yeah, the Knights of Hogwarts. 
And so then randomly, Hagrid gets thrown in through the window by Grop. How did that happen? How did he just get in when there's all this protection? Grop's really big. <laughs> so we yeah, jumped. That's a good answer. <laughs> Enough said, I think. He is pretty big. <laughs> Very good points. Then enchantments were to keep out bad guys, right? Grop's not a bad guy. Oh, yeah. It's magical enchantments and, and to keep out Voldemort, but they were right behind the castle or something in a cave. Yeah. yeah they want the good guys to come. Yeah. It's okay, like the last, centaurs last... couldn't come in if they were too Final many. Final question. All right. Uh, my name is Michael, and I'm from Toronto. Yeah. Now, as uh, of all the major characters that did sadly pass away in the book, or mm-hmm. not so sadly in some cases, which were which should you find the most surprising and unnecessary of them? I know Lupin. That, See, I know that Hedwig. Hedwig. I know that MuggleNet in their book had Dobby quite high to live. A <laughs> hundred to one, I think. I do Wait, think Hedwig. Thoughts, you know. So what yeah. do you think? I do think Hedwig. Hedwig was a ridiculously unnecessary death. I actually she didn't thought need to Fred Weasley was an unnecessary death. Fred. Fred. There, I mean, it, it served no. It just, it was just another random casualty of war, and, and I understood. I got that point, but it just seemed to me, why did she split the twins? I just, I didn't see the point for that. Yes, I, I kind of feel, I kind of feel like That's you could cruel. almost make. I kind of feel like you could almost make the same argument cool. for every character that, like, they're all random casualties of war, and no, it's just, but you know what? Right, but we've learned the way, that already. We've no. who, who, are, that but who are we to say which character's death was more unnecessary than the next? Well, I know that's. It's a very difficult question. Why did Baltimore have to die? I mean, come on. But what about, like, did, wasn't everyone expecting a Weasley to die anyway? Yes. Weren't so many people like, oh, some of their seven of them, someone's got to, or almost well, seven Why? Kids. But why does a Weasley have to die? So How does that advance the plot? How does okay, that advance the plot? There's so it's, many. It's, 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 it's basic the probability. There's, like, a thousand of them, and they're all on the front lines of the order. One Weasley, just chances are, would die knowing yeah. that there's but, a war going on. So but that's why did, most fans, us included, said that a Weasley would probably go. I, we just didn't think it'd be Fred or George. What, what are you trying to say, Laura? Okay, um, it's not that I thought that these were necessarily unnecessary, but it was some character motivation I did not understand. Remus and Tonks both going off and leaving their newborn child to go fight. Yeah. One or the other, but why would you Very much both choose to leave your child? But you know what? Jo- I could not understand that for the life of Jojo. Just talked about that the other yeah, on, on, yeah. on Dateline. She said that she wanted it. to mirror. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, you know. But I want. She wanted to mirror what Harry had gone through, and and like sort of like. Show how people are orphaned and how it's yeah. Hard, I got you know, that while I was war. reading, but just like, I mean, I'm not even I'm not a parent, but I just don't see like how a, how two parents could agree to both leave their child. I just well, I think there was also a, a, an element was that it was it was sort of like poetic how the last of the Marauders right. just kind of fell and then yeah, it, I mean, well, Lu- I think, Lupin I, said when he came back. Lupin says with the resurrection stone when he comes back, he's like, and Harry says, "God, I'm so sorry. You know, you just had the kid." And, and Lupin's like, well, we know he'll know that we died trying to make a better world for him. So, I, I yeah. mean, th- and, and Joe addressing Aww. it too, wanting to mirror Harry's situation. You know, it's an you awful know, I mean, thing. I Tonks are also both pretty good wizards and witches. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it's disappointing we didn't know about how they died. I mean, just, oh, they're dead. Well, yeah, by the way. yeah, that was, that was bad. But, well, Bellatrix not- was out for her for the beginning. That is Melissa. true. 
But not everybody gets a death scene, you know, and I think that was an important point to make in the book as well. Yeah, you can't have a moment for everybody. People do go off and not come back. You do see their dead bodies later in war. But they are well, big you know? characters. But they were pretty, pretty main Yeah, but that's the point. Lupin Anybody's was. up to it, you know? Yeah. I don't know if Lupin deserved but a death also, scene. Also, I mean, there was 759 pages. Uh, yeah, you didn't you know, have enough room like, to make a death yeah, scene for every yeah. character. Yeah. If you have, how many big, well, dramatic, big dramatic emotional deaths can you have in the last 50 pages of the book, you know? Right, I mean, because like, Sirius and Dumbledore both got big scenes, but that's because they are the major death in those books. Oh, yeah. When you have a bunch of those, you really can't yeah. do that. I mean, Fred was the scene. That's it. You can't do, yeah, you know. And I think if we had, if we saw Sorry. all of the deaths in detail, we'd all be on antidepressants right now. Well, sure. <laughs> well, someone just said it out there. Harry, Harry has to see nice. the death for us to see the death. And the most part of this is all from Harry's point of view. If Harry's off doing something else, he's not going to see you know, Remus and Tonks kick it. Colin. Colin. Oh, Colin, Colin Creevy. Yeah, but he came back to fight. He chose. Oh. He chose to come back, and that was awesome. That yeah. made he was. Oh, stop true saying for the greater good. It's a bad phrase, generally not. Bad, but okay, okay. Well, okay. Before, can we get our, our our four costume finalists to come back up? In the meantime, we have some we have some some thanks to give. Um, thank you guys at Prophecy here. They have made this, this, this podcast so seamless. Thank you guys. Give it up for the Prophecy people. Barb, Heather, Colin, Vishaya, everybody on, on, on the security and the, and the PR teams and, and the AV. You guys are amazing. Our trusty Steed over there is working our audio. Yes, Steed. All the leaky staff was helping out. All the muggle staff are helping out. There's way too many of you, but, but, but. Thanks to Brad and Nicholas for being there for me. Existing late nights. Hold on. There's Tomorrow at 12, if you haven't done it already, buy a ticket for the keynote because our lovely Sue is going to be on the fandom panel. Yes, Sue. I hope you're all going. Just FYI. Hey, so are a lot of people. You win a t-shirt of your choice. Of your choice. Oh, there. Go back there Pick and a Potter cast today. <laughs> so anyway, we hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful time the rest of the weekend. Are we going to see you all at the ball? Oh, who's excited for the ball? Ooh. Okay. Who's got their dress? Jamie, you got your dress? Yes, I've got, I've my, got dress, my dress, thankfully. <laughs> I just got mine. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank bye you for bye. coming. Off the bed. Bye-bye. <laughs> Only encouraged on stage. Only encouraged on stage.